everyone, and welcome back to Class 1A, a My Hero Academia podcast presented by Popped Off. As always, I am Andrew Nimsgren, one of your homeroom teachers, but you may know me as Advert, the big business hero. Alongside me are your other teachers, James Graham and Dylan Beer, or the hero names of Apothecary and Fanfict. How are you guys doing after this great episode? I'm doing really good. I'm very excited to talk about it because it's a, it's a hot one. Yeah, I wasn't even like pleasantly surprised this week. I was just surprised because I got exactly what I was hoping for. Yeah, and we're finally getting in full swing. No more recap episodes. We're going in, and I watched this episode twice this morning. Once just kind of enjoyed, once to go back. And the second time through, I picked up on even more things I did not notice the first time through. Maybe because I was watching at 3 a.m. my time. But nonetheless, this episode just keeps getting better, and so does the intro every single time I watch it. But I want to get into it because this is going to be such a long recap before we even talk about it. So we don't have any big introductions or big announcements or anything kind of like that. So we'll go through the normal rigmarole and jump right into this week's episode. Yeah, but we're still a new podcast, so make sure that you leave a five-star review because it's really important right now. Yeah, and if you have any uh, suggestions for the rest of the podcast um, or segments we should uh, we should chuck in there, you let us know uh, by reaching out to us over at Twitter uh, at uh, popped underscore off or emailing us at contact at poppedoff.com. But with that, let's jump into this week's lecture, which is going to be season four, episode two, the 65th overall um, episode of My Here Academia, and it was titled Overhaul. I'm going to kind of cruise through this. We're going to go back and kind of recap it afterwards even more. But just there's so much happening. So I'm going to kind of go through this a little quick and miss plenty of details. But so after the kind of the normal introduction that we've been getting in these last couple episodes, it opens with Deku Kong, Gran Torino, and a scene that we did see very similar to the end of season three. Um, he's talking to Gran Torino about the work studies and Deku asks if he can work with them. Pretty much says, no, I'm working on other things, but why don't you talk to All Might and see if he can introduce you to Night Eye, his old sidekick. We then get the opening intro, which is even better than the last time, and I think it's going to keep getting better as the season goes on. And right after that, we do see Twice in Overhaul walking into the secret hideout of Illegal League of Villains, where we see everyone minus Dobby and Spinner. We learn that Overhaul is the head of Shi Hasakai, a Yakuza organization, the number two organized crime group, didn't totally understand what they're kind of saying by that, but obviously he was a very high up in kind of the old Yakuza, and they're still kind of irrelevant, kind of the conversation that went on around it, but nonetheless, he's very high up in that kind of realm. Um, we learned that organized crime is pretty much gone after Hillens came up, and they're seen as second-rate villains and kind of uh, endangered species, as they said in the show. Um, the reason Overhaul came is that it's not that All Might has retired. It's more about the fact that All for One is gone and that neither side really has any kind of leader right now. And Overhaul wants to be that next leader after hearing All for One is gone and that he's not no longer an urban myth because he's now locked up. Shigaraki says, no, I am the next leader and are you here to challenge me? Um, and he's currently building his army as they speak. Overhaul kind of tears into him and really questions their plans, kind of calling out how, like, you couldn't even manage using really good talent such as Stain, Muscular, and Moonfish and having a team of 10 people. So how are you going to build an army and an organization and not just get overwhelmed by all that? Which, I'm going to have to be honest, was a really good point. Um, Overhaul says that he does have a plan and he knows how to make it done, but he just needs money. No one wants to invest in an irrelevant little Yakuza gang unless they bring someone with name recognition like the League of Villains under him. That is the true reason that Overhaul is there, is to recruit them to become under them, and then Overhaul will use their plan and money to become the next leader of villains. Uh, after that, Magni attacks Overhaul, 
we kind of see a random flashback talking about how he doesn't want to be bound by anything when he's bound to Shigaraki under the League of Villains. So that was kind of a weird flashback nonetheless. But overhaul does take a hit from Magni's giant magnet weapon, but then he scratches her and makes her explode out of nowhere. And this was just really kind of mind-blowing when I saw this happen the very first time. Um, right after that, Compress attacks Overhaul next, but as he was attacking, he is shot with something that we do learn coming up um, that hits on him, and then he's not able to use his quirk. And after that, um, Overhaul kind of freaks out, says, don't touch me, and cuts off Compress's arm. Shigaraki attacks next, and another one of those little red bullets does uh, shoot at him, but misses. So then um, Overhaul yells, shield, and a random member jumps right in front of him all of a sudden and takes the disintegration and just dies for Overhaul. Other members of Overhaul groups burst through the wall, not really interested or trying to start an all-out war. Overhaul is pretty much like, neither our goal was not to come here and lower each one of our ranks. Our goal was to come here together. So calm down and call us when you guys are calmed down. We can talk through this. And they leave a calm car behind. Toga is totally ready to cut a bitch. Um, Shigaraki says they'll get back him eventually. And Compress really needs to get to a doctor. And they never actually mentioned if he goes there. So we'll see if Comp how Compress is doing after this episode. After that, we do switch back to Class 1A, talking about the work studies. This is kind of a weird twist, because pretty much they're saying out of nowhere that all of a sudden the teachers had met and decided that they didn't think it was smart for first years to do work studies. Kaminari is randomly petting Ojiro during the scene. Bakugo gets really excited because he can't participate in them anyways, but then they end up saying that the teachers decided that work study students, I mean, students could do work studies if and only if they worked with agencies that had well experience of having work study students from the past. Deku then moves over to All Might to ask him to introduce him to certain Night Eye for the work study. All Might refuses for three reasons. One, he was opposed to the work studies. Two, he really thinks Deku should work on the shoot style more and kind of make that more reliable. And three, he has personal feelings and kind of a grudge towards Night Eye, which we don't know too much about. But, um, President Mike did want to make sure that found and kind of shamed him for that. Um, Deku then kind of goes on like, I want to be compared to you if I work with Sir Knight. I had that opportunity and I want to become many times stronger than everyone else. This is the first time that we kind of see Deku really not worry about everyone else and truly kind of takes that, uh, that I'm going to be better than everyone else. And that's to see, uh, something that we see reoccurring throughout this episode. Um, after that, we just have All Might call Miro up to his office to see if he'd be willing to introduce Deku to Sir Night Eye, because Miro is currently working under him. We kind of learn in these couple of scenes that Miro isn't as funny as we think he is. All of his jokes kind of land flat, but I think I love that kind of part of it. Um, All Might mentions he can't face him because um, of the following quote, In the end, I ended up exactly as he warned. So clearly that's kind of the uh, tension that happened between Sir Night Eye and All Might, but we do not know much more about that. All Might is at All Might. No, I'm sorry. Miro asked Deku what kind of hero he wants to be. And instead of kind of just replicating what he said these first three seasons of like, I pretty much want to be exactly like All Might, he kind of has this realization. And in the end, this is the quote that he comes up with I want to be strong enough that no one will ever worry about me, to always win, to always save everyone. I want to be the greatest hero. Um, Miro's like, Well, I can't argue with that crazy request. And I agreed to take you to certain night eye. Um, we discover in the next scene that Miro would have been All Might's successor if it wasn't for Deku, which I think is crazy and such a cool reveal. Bakugo and Todoroki then take off for their provisional license exam, and Miro, then we cut back to um, Miro and Deku in front of Sir Night Eye's agency. Um, they kind of talk a little bit and find out that Sir Night Eye is very serious, but he takes humor and laughter very seriously as well. 
And Miro says that if Deku can't make him laugh, he'll be turned away and have no opportunity to work with Sir Nighteye. We then go up to Sir Nighteye's office and see Bubble Girl reporting on a long and boring report on what happened with All Might versus All for One. So, it was so long and boring that Sir Nighteye decided to put her into a tickle machine to make her louder and raise her voice and laugh. Really, really kind of weird thing. But Deku and Miro walk in on this. Deku was caught really off guard. But then he does make his attempt to try to make Sir Nighteye laugh, which is a perfect All Might impersonation that he's been um, working on for years, which is very weird. But nonetheless, Nighteye ends up thinking he is ridiculing All Might instead of trying to make Sir Nighteye laugh. And that is exactly where the episode ends. That is such a quick recap of this episode. And I feel like I still didn't even do close to doing it justice of just the main point. Not even breaking into the small points. But let's go back to the beginning. And just where do we want to start with all this? I think we start back at the beginning and kind of going through the whole overhaul scene. Because that's where this episode really starts. And... Everything that happened there, there's so much we learned in such a short amount of time, but all of it's going to have such big implications on the rest of the season. Yeah, I think we're really going to have to chunk this episode out, and I think uh, the overall scene is is where to start, for sure. So, we, I, uh, one thing I find super interesting is the Yakuza, that this is something that does come up and kind of making the reference to them, and that there is still those kind of lower-level like organized crime groups that we don't ever think about but are so kind of oftenly associated with Japan. And that's kind of where Overhaul came from, that he is one of these heads of one of the largest organizations here and kind of coming together. And just the extreme difference between Overhaul and Shigaraki is something that's just noticeably different the second he walks in. Well, to kind of go back to the Yakuza thing too, you got to remember that like the Yakuza, the, uh, like they're not a small organization. So to see them in this society reduced to what they are more or less i think like petty villains is how they're trying to treat like yeah exactly like right which is level. which is like you know a, a, like a total polar opposite to what they're kind of represented to you know in real life and, and everything like that and i think the show does a, like a decent job of portraying what people know these things as so it speaks to how much of an impact characters like all might and other major uh, major heroes really had on the the organized crime society and I really like that dip into reality a little bit on taking something on like, oh, this is how our society is like normally. So like, let's show you how it's like shifted a little bit. I really did like that. And I think it set it up. I, it set him up really well because I think they need to pull a villain who was going to be really cunning and very smart, which it, you know, he walks in and just immediately seems like that. And I think pulling something from the Yakuza definitely makes sense. Well, yeah, he, I mean, he, he, parts of him reminds him, like, of myself a little bit. Like, he's like, how are you going to run your organization? Like, I need money. And, like, kind of, like, they're pretty much, all he's trying to treat the League of Villains are like a branding play is literally what his thing was. Like, hey, we need name recognition. We need to work with someone much bigger than us so that we can get money and recognition to pull off this big plan. Like, that is a big business move, and I love that. So, like, kind of seeing that mastermind, like, that Yakuza, which are always always very typically like all about the money like i need the money i it's far very on top of people and always following up on that and kind of coming up with that plan saying hey you don't know what the hell you're doing i know how to run an organization slash business i know how to get the money we need and i have a plan to make everything we want happen it just screams big business to me so i'm instantly a fan of overhaul but it, again it's just going back to the fact that shikaraki and overhaul are the exact opposite in terms of their personalities but both of them are incredibly 
deadly and dangerous just by how they interact in their own group. Confirm that Andrew is Yakuza because he relates to Overhaul so much. And he's kind of an edgelord, yeah. But he doesn't have a badass beak or like this crazy fur collar, so points deducted. But yeah, kind of going on, I guess when he made that suggestion, like, hey, I'm not here to join you. I'm, I always thought, like, oh, they're going to have a big new bad weapon or a little group kind of inside the League of Villains. But when he kind of turned that around and saying, no, I'm here for you guys to join me, was kind of like a – not a jaw-dropping, but like what? Like it was just such a big twist that I did not expect because League of Villains have been set up to be the group, the villains, the like main enemy of the entire show. And to see someone coming in very seriously and like probably going to be a major plot point – of them not being that biggest group anymore was kind of caught me off guard, and I really enjoyed that twist. Yeah, I really like how they they pit different groups against each other. Um, so you know, you have the heroes, and then you have all these other random pieces on the board that sometimes fight together, sometimes don't. You have the League of Villains, and then you have Stain who comes in there randomly, and then now you have this new organization that comes in there. I do like how they're positioned all together, and they're kind of like all in a conflict. I, I really like that actually. Yeah, there's a bunch of layers to like the like the not just the heroes and like everybody else kind of s- surrounding it, which, well, yeah, like you guys said, like it adds a lot of a, a lot of appeal to the show because it, it makes it, it makes it. Uh, I kind of think it like separates itself from like traditional shonens where you kind of have like the clear evils and the clear good guys, right? But this is like there's kind of like you kind of get like a nice mix of everything on on both sides. So I think it's I think it's a really nice touch as well. So, kind of moving on towards after the business proposal, Magni has a weird flashback and decides to, that she wants to attack Overhaul. And I think this is the one. This is the first on death, on screen death we've seen in My Hero. Is that correct? I can't think of any other ones. I mean, we Stain didn't technically die, and no one died in that fight. There, I can't think of any other on scene deaths besides this. And it was with not a major character, but a known character inside the universe that it wasn't just some random and we saw two on-screen deaths back to back here so i think that was very crazy and, and do you guys still believe after seeing that that you don't believe someone in class 1a will be seriously injured this season seriously injured maybe but i don't think anybody's dying yeah still I, a shonen. I, don't, I don't think seriously injured enough to be taken out of class because then you'd have to catch them up and i think it would logistically it would be a nightmare andrew they're not gonna do it i don't know just seeing someone die seven minutes into the first real episode of the season seeing two people die seven minutes into the first episode of the real season is a lot and i think that sets the tone for what this season is going to be so i i'm not going to put i agree death may be extreme but i'm not putting anything off the table with what kind of vibe they're going for this season yeah i, I think they definitely kick it up to 100 um off of that like I guess clip episode for the first one definitely coming into this one and just being like oh you know this uh character that you knew exploded yeah like and then compress another well-known character lost his arm but i think another point that i really want to talk about this is what these little red darks are did not pick up on that the first time until i went back and saw the second time and i saw the guy come out with the gun later on in the episode but there's someone that can shoot some kind of tranquilizer dart i'm assuming because they have a little needle on it that suppresses quirks and that is just 
going to be such a major one. It's kind of like a ninja that shoots suppression darts, which is just going to be such a cool kind of angle to come in because that's just going to be something that's constantly coming up. And that's not even mentioning overhauls, incredibly strong quirk as well. Yeah, like, I mean, I don't know about you. I, I didn't miss it the first time around. So, but like initially I did think it was a part of like overhaul and like he actually like maybe that like that's why he was so nasty is because not only did he make people explode, but he also inhibited their quirks from working too. But no, he's a Yakuza boss. So of course he has henchmen, right? So I'm not really totally surprised that, you know, he's got this like league of guys kind of following around and using their powers effectively. Um, I also like, I was also like the, the big dude that busted in too, man. I want to see what he's about. Was that? He, well, and the little guy on top. The little of guy him. on top of him. Yeah, exactly. He's like Nunu and Willem, man. They're just like, that's what I was literally just about to say. I'm like, it's like Nunu from League of Legends. Exactly. Oh. Right. But I, I definitely think there's going to be, and I think that's going to kind of be the core group. So we have the core group of the League of Villains, and we'll have the core group of Overhaul and Co. So it'll and be kind of interesting yeah. to learn. I mean, I I don't I'm not even going to try to say the um organization's name every single time. So it's now Overhaul and Co. Overhaul from and here his on boys. Yeah. Overhaul and his boys. Yeah. yeah? Um, so it'll be definitely interesting learning more about them. I'm, I thought we would learn a little bit, despite how much we learned, I definitely thought this would be even more kind of going into the backstory of overhaul and learning more. I I still want to know who this little girl is in the intro and outro. I definitely thought we would have gotten some kind of hint to that this episode. So from the whole beginning part of the whole overhaul versus league of villains, kind of mini arc inside of the episode, I definitely thought we were going to get some kind of reference or introduction to that, and not having anything on that did kind of catch me off guard, considering how big of a part of the season she's clearly going to be. What if she doesn't, though? Like, what if she just never shows up? <laughs> That's not going to happen. I, uh, I'm not, honestly, I'm not surprised that she hasn't shown up yet. Like, we're one episode in. Like, I'm not. I'm, like Two. Whatever. The first one doesn't count. We all know. 23 that. episodes left of the season. Nobody counts the first episode, Andrew. Nobody counts it. Except for the showrunners, that's one less episode we get this season. Just saying. I don't like. Yeah, like I mean, I like. I'm not. I'm happy that we're getting the content that we're getting because I'm not expecting them to sh- like show overhaul off entirely. We know what he's about, but we don't know anything other than what he's about. That's about it, right? Um, yeah. But other than that, man, like that's that's really about it. Like, like I'm glad we even got that because last season all we got was the fact that overhaul existed. And we didn't even know what. Well, that what was after was. two arcs, though. Yeah, <laughs> like, true it, It's not like we had them for like eight episodes. We saw them for one episode for like four minutes. Yeah, well, but you know, I'll take, I'll take it, I'll take it nice and slow. That's fine with me. Yeah, I guess that uh, we do have, like I said, we do have twenty-three more episodes, and so much exactly. happened in this one that there's going to be plenty more action-packed episodes, and then one or two more filler, I'm sure. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, is there anything else on this kind of first half of the show we want to kind of touch into on Overhaul, on League of Villains, on that scene kind of there? Do we want to guess of where Dobby and Spinner are? Do they just now want to put them into the scene? Yeah, uh, so I well, – go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, James. Okay, I'm just going to – Dobby, we've already kind of we've already kind of seen that he more or less separates himself from the rest of the League of Villains. He doesn't really totally associate himself with them. So it wouldn't really surprise me that he's not at every meeting. And Spinner is, like, a hard disciple of Stain. So, if Shigaraki, like, I mean, he's kind of expressed how he doesn't really like Stain that much. I'm sure the two of them kind of had, like, probably, like, a falling out or something like that. Because um, it's not like Spinner was, like, killed or anything like that with, like, his last encounter with... Uh, with oh, was Spinner arrested? Uh, No. I think Spinner oh, was one of the ones arrested. He might have been one of the ones arrested, too. But he wasn't mentioned 
So I don't. I'm not too sure. Yes. Yeah, but I think he was just kind of off screen. I um, I I don't think any of them have like any big things like behind the scenes. I think they were just off screen, and I also did like um how this intro, this like explosive intro, um kind of leads the way for like new characters to kind of fill in those positions too. So I'd be really excited to see who they end up filling in for those. Yeah, I th- again, I think there's going to be a lot of really cool new characters on the villain side this season. I think we'll get. I think we'll get more really cool introductions on the villain side. I think we're on the hero side this season because I think so much of the focus will be around Night Eye, Miro, and Deku, and then any of the other class one. I just. I think there's already so many main uh, characters on the hero side that shoving more in there would be hard to give them any good amount of character more. development. And just keep. Time. Just keep jamming more. We got a lot of moving parts right now. There's a lot going on. We do, and eventually, I, I just feel like if you keep introducing more, there's going to be so many moving parts that you, things kind of get lost, and who knows? I mean, Deku and Todoroki go into the provisional exam. We might not see them for a while. We don't know Bakugo, how long that's going to kind of... Bakugo, sorry. Yeah. Todoroki and Bakugo. We don't know how long they'll be there in that program, so it could be something we don't see them for three or four episodes, and that gives time for other characters to come up because they are so strong. You kind of needed to take a chance to take them out for Miro and people like that to step in probably. But I think that is a good transition over to the hero side of the episode, which is kind of the work studies, moving into the discussions about Miro, and then kind of Sir Knight I are the three kind of um, big discussion points here, unless you guys want to point out anything specific. But what did you guys kind of think about the all sudden 360 on like, hey, we actually changed our mind. We don't really want students be doing work studies after it being such a big setup at the end of season three well i i I think the difference was at the end of season three they were more or less um this is something that older students do and we're considering it for you all um i think it was pretty well established at the end that you know this is something that first years normally don't do um yeah so i think they were kind of just setting that up and just kind of mulling it over to be like all right well we kind of want to see where this actually goes and i think it's just kind of a way to more or less excuse some of the students for not doing it so they can kind of highlight um midoriya and what he's gonna be doing yeah nothing nothing to add james no nothing to add i'm Dylan kind of wrapped it up very nicely <laughs> yeah no I, I think i think that is a good point it was just kind of weird i'm like oh like this was being set up to be such a major part of the season but it, it's very clear that we're moving this arc seems like it's gonna be moving less away from class 1a and more towards Deku and what I've seen in this episode like hey he's going to meet agency no one else makes like off comments to it not everyone is doing work studies this is I'm totally setting up this is the Deku mirror arc at least from what I've seen so far what it actually happens in the manga we don't know but from what I'm telling it is going to be all might and night um night eye relationship and then um Deku and Miro like, I think that is what 90% of the season is going to be on the hero side, and I am totally okay with that. See, I'm not, man. Let my, let my boys in, you know, off to the side, get some limelight. It's, uh, I mean, I know it's got to happen because, I mean, Deku is, like, the main character and everything. And Miro is built up to be, like, such a massive character in this season to begin with. But, well, come on, man. I don't want to see, I don't want to see Minato just brushing his teeth with Kimimari. Like, I, I want those guys to be doing more than that. <laughs> that was such a weird scene. Like I don't think what, it, what what was the point of that? Well, it's, it's just they're lazy. It's lazy, and it's their day off, so they're just like super like unenergetic while 
you know, Todoroki and Bakugo like run off to their hero exams, right? Like or the provisional license exams. The other ones are just like, man, I'm so tired. What am I gonna have? Today? Like, I mean, Minato literally says, like, I wonder what side dishes I'm having today, right? Like, so it really, I think it really expresses like, you know, how lackadaisy these guys are. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, kind of looking at it, I mean, <laughs> I, I still just want to point out why the hell was Kaminari petting Ojiro's tail? That was just, it got even more weird the second time. Like, it just seems like such a weird thing to randomly be doing. I don't question like, it at it, this point. Yeah, it's That soft. scene just didn't need it there. No? I enjoyed no, it. I'm the only one that found that weird? No, I don't, I, I stopped finding stuff weird about this show a long time ago. Yeah, like, the Tekko Machine, I'm, I'm not even shocked. Yeah, true enough. Um, I guess, anything about kind of the whole All my conversation with Deku about how him not wanting to go into a work study to point out to you guys or is that just like yep all might really have some hesitation but ultimately he said yeah sure whatever yeah i think it's still some lingering feelings from um the end of i think was the end of last season or where he was no no sorry the end of the previous season where he was apologizing um to teku's mom um i think that's kind of just some residual uh, effects of that of him just being kind of still in his guilt i guess for this whole situation and he's just trying to figure out what's the best for the students going forward. And I think he's also pushing Midoriya to, you know, kind of deviate from what he's saying. Like he wants him to find his own thing. I think he's kind of pushing him here to do that. Yeah. Like, like I think it's, it's definitely a combination of that. And like, uh, I think all might, especially because he can't really fight anymore. is probably seems to be embracing a very like fatherly like role more than anything. Um, not just for, not just for Midoriya, but kind of for every, for all of them. Cause again, he was, he was one of them that was like globally opposed and he didn't really specify whether it was because of for Midoriya or if it was for everybody. But I mean, I, I like to think that it has like, you know, both sides that he kind of doesn't want them all to do because he's afraid of what could happen. Right. So yeah, I think, I think that's kind of where all my head is at now, especially. And I think again, he just kind of goes back to because he's not capable to fix things anymore. Right. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. And yeah, I, I think, yeah, again, I think another part of the scene was like, hey, you. it was a part of that file, like, hey, I want to take care of you. But also, we are going to get an entire episode of the backstory of Night Eye and All Might this season. Like, oh, yeah. what actually yeah. happened. Like, we are going to get a deep episode of, like, some whatever happened between them soon. Drama I think definitely episode. sooner than later. Drama, yeah. yeah? It'll definitely be, like, non-action or just kind of, like, short action parts and, like, dive into the relationship. Because, yeah, the whole... Um, in the end, I ended up saying exactly what he warned me of was definitely, I think a really cool line that like, this was something that I am curious. I'm pretty sure he's going to know all about one for all. Um, not certain night. I think he's going to know about that quirk. I think he's going to be one of those people that does know and that he wasn't happy when he heard about this and all Might's obviously been looking for a successor for a while now because he made this plan to kind of come over to UA. So I, I'd be curious to kind of see if that what caused the rift. Or, I don't know. It's just, I, I know so little about Sir Night Eye, and I think that relationship's going to be such uh, an integral part, and I'm really excited to kind of dive more into that. Yeah, I think I think the big thing is is that, to me, to me at least, it seems like it wasn't that Sir Night Eye, I don't think he knew. knew he doesn't. He don't, I don't think he knew about on. All for One, but he, he knew that because of how All Might was, he eventually was going to be reduced to being able to use his power less and less and less and less, right? Um, I don't think yeah. it, I don't think it's more of a character thing. I think it literally just is like a power thing, right? 
and I, and I think it's clear that he's that there the, there's not that hard of feelings right now. I think there might be shame on All Might's side, but I, I don't think there's hatred on either side no, of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it still feels like Sir Knight I very much looks up to him because the report that Bubble Girl or whatever, yeah, Bubble Girl, um, was reading off to Sir Night Eye was about the all for one attack, which at this point is months old. I mean, this is something that has happened for a while now. We've had the hero training arc and we've had a little bit up that, so it's still probably a month or two out and they're still diving deep into it. Well, so he's clearly trying to figure out more. Well, I don't even like, I mean, it's, it's not even that. Like, the dude, like, I mean, there was a bunch of things that hinted towards the fact that Night Eye doesn't have any sort of problem with uh, All Might whatsoever because. Miro still, like Miro said, he watches, still watches a ton of videos out of him. He would love to see him um, because, like, All Might didn't want to go in person. Miro's like, dude. Oh, that's true. He's like, dude, why don't, why don't you well, just go meet Why him? don't you just come, right? Because he wants to see you, right? And then, again, we see how defensive he got when he thought somebody was actually mocking him, right? So, it, clearly, there's something there that, like, like I, we're going to need, like, another episode or two to kind of unpack because there's, yeah, like, I mean, it's more, it's more shame on All Might's side for basically letting Night Eye down, is kind of what I think, and Night Eye, by the sounds of it, probably forgives him, but it's All Might being All Might, and, you know, can't, can't, can't let anything go. Yeah, they're just not yeah. talking with each other, I think it's just, like, a stalemate. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree, and I kind of, yeah, that's, that's kind of a transition point to the last kind of little arc there of Sir Night Eye, the first impressions there, the tickle machine, I, I, I don't, uh, man. What what are we feeling about that? That was messed up. That it was, was real it messed was, up. Uh, I didn't like yeah. it. I didn't know what to expect. Like when once it, like once it was busted out, I was really confused. Also, Bubble Girl's outfit is like kind of skimpy. So I mean, like there's a there's a lot of moving parts to that. Yeah, definitely feels like that Japanese kind of influence that I I don't I I think we don't think about that all the time because of it being such a Western anime. Well, that's definitely some of the Japanese root coming out some more because you see that in more traditional Japanese kind of anime, I feel like, a little bit more common. While this isn't something that I really see in my hero very often. More. Man. Give us more. Give us more. <laughs> Excuse me, Dylan? You heard me. Do we have a fanfic coming up here? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Shipping with Night that, Eye that bubble, weird t- or bubble, to- uh, bubble Girl? Yeah, with that weird torture device. <laughs> oh, God. But, and then that kind of transitions over to... Daku's attempt at making Sir Night Eye laugh, uh, which dude. was an impersonation of All Might, which we have seen a couple of times throughout the show. But that was the first thing he go to. We even get the little montage of him training over the years of perfecting it. I didn't Spot know on. that was like I didn't know it was something he actually did. I thought it was just one of those exaggeration things anime do all the time. But no, he actually does that, and that made that whole moment even better. And I bursted out laughing the first time I did that. That that was his attempt at it. Well, I love that he like it, like straight up recognizes that he's like he's crap at do make making people laugh, and he's just like this is this is all I got. I'm full sending it right like, and then the absolute fail, and that's just oh, leaving yeah. on a cliffhanger of that's where it's at. Such a good point to leave it on the episode, I think too. It's such a fun way to end the episode. Like you, we all know that yes, they're gonna work together. We even saw that in preview. We'll talk about that. So like, obviously, it's gonna end up working out, but just leaving on that cliffhanger of Deku looking like an idiot which we Love don't it. see as often anymore, was definitely such a good way and a fun way to end a very heavy episode in terms of lore and even a little bit of violence. So I think, yeah, overall, great episode. I want to try to keep a going list of like where we're keeping episodes in terms of rankings as the season goes on and kind of talking about it. I think it'll be harder as we go on, 
but can we are we all in agreement that this is better than episode one yeah 100 percent. oh yeah, yeah yeah i think that's totally reasonable so the current overall list for this season then is going to be overhaul episode two number one um the scoop on um ua class 1a will be the number two overall episode for the season and we'll try to keep that list going if it gets too complicated we might just do the top five or something kind of like that but we'll see if that kind of goes on and do a moving thing but that's kind of the overall discussion about the episode is there any last parts you want to go into before we move into talking about plus ultra talking about the preview is there anything else you want to go back on this episode and touch on uh no, I think we're feeling pretty good. I think I'm feeling pretty good. I think we yeah. kind of, I think we kind of nailed everything. Like I mean, well, like you said, it was a very content heavy episode, very, very, very quickly. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure we could talk for an hour and a half if yeah. we didn't want to try to keep to a time limit. That's always the problem with this is we want to keep these episodes a little bit more shorter and bite sized. But when really I could talk about a 30 to 20 minute episode for two hours if we really wanted to, breaking down scene by scene. So it's always hard. We're always going to miss things. So if you ever do miss anything and everyone really wants us to talk about it on the next episode or something like that, let us know on Twitter or something like that. We'll always go back and touch on something if you think we missed a major part of the previous episode. But I think for this week, we did a really good job of breaking down such a heavy episode. Yeah, I don't think we got lost in the weeds too much too, which is kind of rare for the three of us. We use Which is definitely rare yeah. for us. <laughs> I think maybe trying to do this so early in the day is getting us on um, keeping us on track because we all want to go back to sleep after finishing. Oh this. yeah, hundred percent. But with that, let us move into our plus ultra award for this week. Go beyond plus ultra. Where for those of you that do not know, each and every week we will be awarding each one of us our own character of the week of who we think went beyond went plus ultra and dylan i want to have you lead off this week of who you think is this week's plus ultra recipient overhaul no reasoning just mic drop overhaul yeah i think it was pretty obvious if you're gonna show up and explode a character that's that's going beyond yeah i i it wasn't even a question for me. I definitely think overhaul took this show. Even the second half of the show, I was still going back and thinking about the overhaul scene and all that. Like that was all I could think about. That's all I wanted to talk about in this. And I love the overhaul character so far. His quirk is going to be so deadly. Plus his little crew that we know nothing about. There's so much more for us to learn about him. And he's already such a cool character without knowing anything about him. So as the season goes on, I think he's going to be one that receives it a handful of times. But he's ultra my also my plus ultra recipient. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm not going to even disagree with it this week. Um, I kind of want to give it to, Re- to Grant Torino for throwing shade at Deku because I always find that really funny when he just like pulls a geriatric and totally forgets about the kid. But uh, but that's standard. That's it's not standard, right? Exactly. Ultra. So yeah, definitely, definitely overhaul. Overhaul definitely gets it. Wow. This is 100% the first time we've all agreed on it the first time. James, we almost agreed on one last week, but this is the first time we've all agreed on a plus ultra recipient. And I, I'm, I'm happy with that. I definitely yeah, think there's going to be some cool characters coming up, and that's definitely going to be one of them. But with that, the last thing we do have to talk about is going to be the preview for next week. This preview was a little lighter and didn't really have too much to talk about. Looks like next week's episode is very much going to focus on Deku and uh, Sir Night Eye's relationship at the agency. Um, so it's just, yeah, Deku's still trying to convince Night Eye to work with him despite the first bad attempt. 
Night Eye will put him to some kind of test that Deku is not uh, prepared for, and the episode will titled Boy Meets dot dot dot. And all I could think of is World. Boy Meets World is the only thing I could think of, so I want to know where they're going with the second half of this title, because there's only one word that I think could fit it. But what did you guys think of the preview? I'm hyped. I, I think it leaves off on a, a cliffhanger that just like loops in on itself a little bit because like we know what's going to happen. The preview kind of shows what's going to happen a little bit. And I mean, yeah. I'm excited for it. It's going to be it's going to be good. Yeah, it wasn't like there was anything like I, I felt like I was excited, but there's nothing like anything like super crazy. Like it, uh, To me, it was almost one of those previews that kind of like gave more or less everything away. And then like anything extra we find out, I'm going to be like pleasantly surprised about. Right. Yeah. Like. The episode, uh, the preview for next week was not hype like last week's, but I'm still hyped going to the episode. It's just one of those like, hey, yeah, we kind of have an idea, and without saying more, we'll give away everything if we say any more than what we did already, even though you know exactly what we're saying. So we're just going to put it there because we know we need to put a preview. It's kind of how it felt. Like, hey, whatever. It's like two extra points of, of information. Bubble Girl might be a bigger character than we originally see because we see her and Mira talking a bit. Outside of that, not too much to really break down. Deku's being put to the test, and hopefully by the end of next week, he'll be with the Sir Night Eye agency. But with that, I think that's going to wrap up this week's episode. I mean, thank you all so much for attending this week's um, Class 1A session. Um, next week, we'll be talking about the episode Boy Meets, the third episode of Season 4. And I just want to thank everyone for the five-star reviews and all that kind of stuff. I know those two are going to go into asking for it, of course, but we have been getting five-star reviews. We've broken a 1,000 downloads already on these first couple of episodes, so it's been great. Thank you all so much for the support so much, and um, we hope you guys keep enjoying the content. Yeah, Andrew kind of stole my point, so uh, I'm just going to reiterate, um, whatever podcasting platform you do, you do uh, listen on that has the option for a five-star review, Please leave us one because it is greatly appreciated. Even Ryan put a nice little blurb. I ain't even complaining about that either. I'll read them. And make sure you check out poppedoff.com and twitter.com slash popped underscore off for all the updates on everything we do. But with that, that'll be this week's class for class 1A. We hope to see you all back here next Saturday.